how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Between 2018 and 2021, Matt Lieberman will have nine features in the works. We spoke with Matt for creative screenwriting about the creepy and kooky Adams family not long ago, so look for that article on the website. But now we're catching up on some of his other films, like The Christmas Chronicles and its sequel, Scoob, the new Scooby-Doo movie, and the Ryan Reynolds comedy, Free Guy. In this interview, Lieberman discusses how he's so prolific, including why he's a high-concept writer, the ironic hook of every idea, writing a script in as little as seven days, how to write wish fulfillment in your stories, separating writing from editing and idea mode, and why there is no blank page. If you enjoy this interview, look for the print version on Creative Screenwriting's website and join millions of viewers for the new YouTube video essay series, also called Creative Principles. I love movies and I love writing. I never really put it together that that could be your whole career. But when I went to NYU film school and while I was there, I kind of realized that, uh, yeah, I took a screenwriting class and I was like the only person to finish a full screenplay that semester. And, uh, I realized there was, it was something I, you know, loved and I could do well. And I, you can make a whole movie without having to, uh, call in favors or, you know, spend a lot of money to actually make it. Uh, and uh, I came out to L.A. kind of armed, knowing how to write a screenplay and how to try to get an agent. So those were like the two things I came out here with and forged my way from there. What are some of the things you focus on when writing? It seems like you're very prolific. Do you write quickly or how do you kind of get this, even start the process? probably write faster than most. I mean, the process always starts with an idea like that I'm really excited about. Uh, he, uh, I have a manager and I work pretty closely with him to figure out like what idea not only do I like, but that is 
that he could potentially sell out in the marketplace. And if it hits those, I'm a high concept uh, writer, I'd say. Like, that's how I get my head around character and story. Like, what's the, what's the ironic hook of the idea? Something that grabs me, something that feels fresh and interesting. And um, if all those things kind of line up, uh, the actual process of writing a script, it, it varies. Sometimes, I mean, I have for movies like Christmas Chronicles, which was a spec called 1224, I wrote that in a week, I think, maybe a week and a half, the first draft, and uh, was finished with it within a month, and it, yeah, it sold within a month, you know, a month of me first writing the first page. But I have other scripts that have taken a couple of months, sometimes a couple months, step away from it, a couple more months to uh, crack. And there doesn't seem it doesn't indicate that it's going to be good or bad uh, if I could do it uh, fast or slow. What kind of makes you take that jump? Like, like using that example, since it, it's already out, Christmas Chronicles, the first one. Uh, what was the high concept idea, and when did you know it could be more than that? Um, that one, yeah, the high concept of idea was a uh, found footage Christmas movie. I think found footage. To, uh, it started with an idea by uh, David Guggenheim, actually, like two kids try to uh, capture Santa on video. That was He had like half of a page, page. And as soon as I got it, it was actually an idea I had had two in the past, and it just like hit me at the right time, uh, you know, in the right moment. It was in November, so I was kind of probably feeling Christmassy, and yeah, I... I, I, I kind of saw the whole movie very quickly. Do you have kind of some concepts in mind or some ideas of what makes something high concept? Does it just cross genre? I did a kind of a deep dive into John Hughes recently, and he also would, you know, write scripts in a week. But at the time, there, he, it seemed like he was hitting the main events of life. What kind of makes up your you know, categories that you're looking for when you're coming up with ideas? Mostly uh, movies that I would like to see like ideas that would excite me, that would get me out of my house and uh, uh, into a theater to see it. Uh, uh, usually something ironic about the concept or uh, yeah, something I've never seen before. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, my favorite... Uh, like Back to the Future and uh, Truman Show and Groundhog Day, those were like definitely the staples of like a big original idea. With uh, and also uh, I would say a, a bit of uh, or a lot of wish fulfillment. I think wish fulfillment is important. Uh, definitely in the mov movies I gravitate towards. Sure, I mean I look, I love indie movies, I love horror movies, I, I love all types of movies, but. Uh, the ones that I, yeah, that when I sit down, uh, even if it's a if it's a a property that already exists that comes across my desk, or it's an original idea, I ask myself like, you know, what is the original idea that would get me to go to this, uh, even if I've never heard of it before. What are some of the logistics of that process, whether it's original or, or maybe a sequel? Are you just kind of spitballing logline type things, writing on a piece of paper? What does it actually physically look like? 
Um, yeah, I guess the process is I definitely uh, usually get into sort of an idea mode where I'm like, where I definitely make the intention like I want to come up with a good idea. You know, I want to come up with a new idea, and I start listing. I list worlds and ideas and movies I've seen before that I like that I you know that have similar world maybe didn't maybe had an interesting world but didn't explore it in a way that or didn't make the most of the premise um maybe start thinking of movies I like and like mashing them up with completely other genres or um and I of course read you know read lots of books or uh, graphic novels during that time. And I really, and I, you know, write them down in my phone or my computer. Uh, and you, then you start dreaming of ideas literally and you write those down and like, eventually you, you hook onto two or three that seem that float to the top, usually, yeah, two or three float to the top. I'll write a couple of sentences on each and send them to my manager. He'll be like, this one's interesting. This one's not interesting. Uh, maybe I'll flesh them out a little more. Sometimes I'll just write, uh, I'll write uh, the first act because I could do that pretty quickly uh, just to see what the feel and the vibe and if it is a movie and I'll send that to my manager. And by then he'll tell me like, this is something or this is, you know, this is not for right now. It sounds like, you know, so many people are intimidated by the blank page, but it sounds like you're more going out there and filling in the pieces and seeing what's missing that's already out there. I've definitely been intimidated by a story that I don't have my head around fully, I would say. Uh, I could get stuck, uh, but usually I've found that if a story, if the characters and the are set up right, if the thematic is there and it, you know, and it all kind of organically lends itself to, you know, whatever the concept is, that's like, a, you know, if I kind of think of that as a motor and if you, that motor works, it, it can, uh, it, it'll go all the way to the end. And usually I can, sometimes you could set up something that seems exciting and then get into the middle of act two and be like, what is this? I don't even know what this is anymore. And usually the problem is in the setup and how you set up the characters or, you know, it's not really about the movie isn't really about the thing that you thought it was about at first. Maybe the theme is not emotional enough or uh, doesn't have enough is maybe too cerebral or doesn't have enough meat on the bone. So you got to have to go and rearrange everything up front to get the right sort of configuration sounds mathematical saying it like that but it's true is that mainly like a gut feeling like what are you are you following the character the story how, how do you decide that it's not what you thought it was is there an example maybe from something that's out like adam's family or christmas chronicles that's a good question i mean it's definitely experienced i i feel it's, it's definitely uh, the work, I, 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 the more that I write, the more, the more my instincts, uh, I can rely on my instincts that like something is just, I, 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 one, yeah, one thing that kind of, uh, 
triggers that is if I'm writing scenes and they're just kind of arbitrary or they feel plotty or they're plotting along or uh, they're not firing on multiple cylinders, you kind of know something's wrong. Uh, if, if your story is right, like every scene is important, every scene moves the story forward, whether it's the characters or, uh, I mean, really the characters forward. So if that's not happening, I know something's wrong. And I do, and a lot of times when I'm, someone's giving me something to rewrite, usually kind of that's the problem. They've kind of made it through from the beginning to the end, but they don't, they, their story isn't really sound and they have, they, uh, you have to pull, you, you know, you have to have a fresh set of eyes to pull it back for them. I'm trying to think uh, in the movies that have come out, they've all, I don't know if I have had that problem <laughs> on, on the, yeah, no, I, on the ones that have come out, uh, they've been, They've been mostly uh, my. I didn't really get stuck on any of them. I would say, and uh, we we went through many drafts with you know other people get involved, of course, and people have different ideas. It's not that they have didn't take a lot of work or get rewritten, but I don't think I got stuck on any of them. Does some of that come from doing so many different stories, or are you one at a time? Like I've heard the photographer Chase Jarvis say, he likes to do three small projects, one medium project, one large project, and kind of bounce back and forth. Is that kind of how you work as well? It is. That's definitely how I work best. I think part of the work also is not is kind of uh, learning not to be so precious about things and get it out of your head, uh, kind of to what you said about the blank page. Uh, the, the more you try to make everything perfect <laughs> – and are sitting and thinking of the perfect line or uh, making the scene perfect, you're probably holding yourself back. The best thing to do is just sort of, you know, they call, you know, people call it the vomit draft. Just get it out of your head. Get the bad version out because usually the bad version is actually pretty close to the version. <laughs> and that, or and if it's not, you could get it all out, see what it is, and see what's working and or not working. Uh, yeah. So, and also working on multiple projects, uh, it helps you kind of get out of your own head. I find that when I have less to do, I, I kind of get more precious about things or want to, uh, you know, try to get, uh, put too many ideas behind them. I, I heard a quote recently, uh, like perfection is the enemy of good. And, uh, if I'm working on multiple projects, uh, if I'm very busy, I'm not getting too precious. I'm, so you're getting through things faster. And also, there's usually a time every day in, a, in working on a project that I hit a wall. It's usually like right after lunch. And if I just have one project between – if I'm working on it between 9 and 2, uh, from 2 to 5, I'm probably just, you know, I'm probably just treading water or and uh, – wasting time. So to be able to put that down and look at something else, you know, fresh that I'm able to compartmentalize that way. I know some people have to like dream and live and feel the story they're, they're telling, but, uh, I'm able to like switch gears and I feel like it helps get, uh, give me distance between all the different projects. 
Do you find, I mean, is, is, is this discipline mostly self-imposed? It sounds like you rely on your manager for advice in lots of categories. Does he also help you with deadlines and, you know, f- you know, organizing and categorizing what to do next? No, he doesn't help me with any of that. Uh, that is all me. Uh, I, I, yeah, I give my, I, I know I kind of, now that I'm, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years, I, I, I definitely have a sense of, um, how long it's going to take me to do something. I'll definitely sometimes give myself a deadline. I will call a producer and tell them they're getting it, you know, in two weeks. And that kind of gooses me to just get to the end and get it out. Um, you know, puts a little pressure on me to finish it. Uh, cause, cause, uh, you know, otherwise I, I can maybe I'll take longer. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at organizing myself. Uh, my manager helps me more in, uh, in terms of dealing with, uh, producers, studios, navigating, you know, the career of it all, I'd say. We don't usually ask this, but are there different types of like software you use or note programs or what other ways might you divide your mental state from editing and writing and idea creation? Yeah. Um, I, well, I, you know, I've always used final draft just cause it worked for me and I, I've maybe very briefly tried other programs and I, I don't know, I'm just used to final draft. So that's what I use. And uh, I have a notepad next to my desk always. So when I want to kind of get out of the script headspace and think about the story in a different way, I'll jot down notes or sketches on that. I'll also, you know, a whiteboard is very important to me. I, de- I, don't, uh, I don't use cards, but uh, that somehow never really works for me. It's maybe too restrictive, but to have a whiteboard that I can uh, break down scenes or character arcs or uh, sometimes just cast it in my head. That's another trick. Uh, Print out pictures of actors I I think could be the different characters can sometimes totally help me uh, visualize. I'm a very visual person, so any way to help visualize it uh, can get me out of that headspace. Also, just like watching movies and kind of doing like a meditation, you know, a movie that might have a similarity, like whether it's a time travel movie or a treasure hunting movie, or uh, just to kind of look at your movie through the lens of that movie uh, can sometimes uh, be revelatory. So that's like sort of taking a break during your day, but we, you know, we usually just focus so much on work. Are there other aspects to, um, to kind of keep it going? Do you quit at a certain time of day or make sure you get enough rest and those kind of things? I mean, I, uh, I meditate. That was, that's been really helpful. Uh, meditate in the morning and at the end of the day, uh, I'm a pretty nine to fiver, nine to sixer. I used to be a nighttime rider, but, uh, um, now that I have a family, I, it's, I'm a, I'm a jobber. I, I, I take a shower, you know, get up, go to, into the office and, you know, I'm at work and I'm pretty, uh, obviously exercise is, you know, it's important to get some kind of exercise in, but, uh, beyond that, yeah, just sitting at the desk, uh, getting through it. 
It's a little bit more. So you pitch the uh, you pitch an idea, um, a couple ideas. Your manager will say he likes one. At what point of the next draft where you agree that you feel like you like it, when do you show it to someone else? What makes it worth showing to someone else, that first step? It could be – it depends on the project. I mean, if I am stuck, sometimes I'll show I, – I have a – I will say it's definitely important to have other writer friends, not like – a friend, friend, even a wife, uh, you know, or, you know, a partner. If they're not a writer, they're those kind of opinions don't really help as much as somebody who, you know, is, I, you know, uh, knows their way around story and can talk about with those things. So I have two or three uh, close writer friends that I trust very much that uh, could help me out of a spot that I could. Without them, I could be, you know, uh, stuck for weeks. Uh, but I could talk to them, and in an hour, have it cracked and be excited and keep going. But uh, so I've, I mean, usually with my manager, if things are going well, I'll go through a draft. Uh, I'll, you know, go through it again from top to bottom. Uh, where it is, I, it's just a feeling uh, that this is as far as I'm going to get sort of on my own without another set of eyes. And then I'll send it to him uh, or a friend to give me an outsider's perspective and blow it up and blow up things and give me big notes and tell me the truth. Uh, that's the only way to make it better. Let's talk about a couple of the new ones. I know we probably can't say a lot, but what's going on right now with like Scoob and Free Guy? I know Free Guy kind of got you not noticed on the blacklist, and I think Scoob's coming maybe to video, but just any details you can share there. Yeah, sure. Scoob's coming out on pay VOD. Uh, it was supposed to be full theatrical release, but with uh, the, the uh, coronavirus, uh, they are giving it you know, they're putting it straight to pay, which is great for families. I think at this time, I think people want premium content now. And uh, that's an idea that uh, it was an open assignment. They just wanted, uh, you know, to, uh, they wanted to make a Scooby-Doo movie. And maybe if they, someone could incorporate some Hanna-Barbera characters in it. So I pitched on that and seven years ago, <laughs> almost to the month. And now, yeah, that. That is in the can and coming out tomorrow. And Free Guy was a spec. Free Guy was a spec. I was been work, you know, working on, I think Scooby Doo and other movies. Uh, and I, it had been an idea I had been kicking around for a while. I knew it was a great idea, and I had a little window and a little bit of uh, put a, a fire under my own ass, and I like knocked that that out in like a month and sold that in 2016, I think. And uh, the, I sold it to Fox. And then a year and a half later, Ryan Reynolds saw it and it took off like a rocket ship. And that, you know, was supposed to come out July 3rd, but uh, now it is uh, tentatively uh, December 11th in theaters. Some of your idea process reminded me, uh, Ryan Holiday is a nonfiction writer he uses something called a commonplace books and, and more so you're like kind of collecting quotes and then piecing together a new book of ideas. 
Um, what do you do with maybe some unused ideas? If you've got something that seems good but doesn't fit, do you collect things like that? Do you have a system that you can go back to later? Or is it more about every story is kind of unique and new? Yeah, I mean, I do have a file, like an idea file, like in my notes app on uh, uh, Mac, uh, that I have my ideas and I'll bring the ones I like best to the top, but the other ones still live they still live in this like probably like 10-page document and uh I'll go through it and I'll be like hey, you know, this uh why why didn't I maybe I'll see an idea I had 4 years ago in a different light and uh and I'll be ready for it. I, I always remember I forget where I heard it, but someone said uh talked about like kind of sending a letter to their, to themselves and like in their subconscious, like sometimes you write something down, you put it in a letter, you mail it to yourself. And then like three years later, you get a return for your response. And, uh, uh, you just sometimes you're, yeah, you're not in a place to write a certain idea. So yeah, I just keep a log, I'd say, uh, and keep going back to it and adding it upon it and, combining things and, or I, I rarely erase something out of there. Do you have any other advice for, uh, you know, people kind of, maybe they're making a similar journey. They've spent, you know, 10 years writing and then all of a sudden it's possible that several things could happen at once, but what's some of the, the motivation or what made you take it so seriously, I guess, in the beginning? Uh, it is, it has always been, uh, it's a, been a passion. I, I, I feel like I, I never, uh, since I've started this, I've never not wanted to do it. And it is just the advice I would give is just to keep grinding it out. Uh, it takes a definitely a couple of years and a couple of scripts to really master the craft and know what you're doing. Uh, so it's, it's a part of it. Uh, but to always, um, not just always be, be writing, but always have an, the next idea in your head and get to that because it's tough business. The chances are that whatever you're writing is not going to sell or uh, get you an assignment, but it will lead somewhere and you better have, you know, the next thing ready to go to talk about, to, to be writing and also to uh, not let you get so precious about everything. Really it is a process. It's a lifestyle. It's a job. I had a day job for many years, writing nights and weekends, watching all my friends go to the beach. Uh, but I just had to do it. I love movies. I I love writing. Uh, uh, my head is usually somewhere in the story at any given time in the day. Uh, it's just, yeah, where I live creatively. So. And that is our show. Thanks again for tuning in. If it's your first time, make sure to hit that subscribe button on SoundCloud or iTunes. Also check out the new video essay series on YouTube called Creative Principles. And give us a review. That's one of the best ways to help share these interviews. Thanks again.